Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. this evening we thank you lord for your goodness and for your mercy we thank you lord for giving us this opportunity to come before you to come to your house to hear you dear lord as we have come we ask oh god that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints are Heavenly Father, we want to know what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe, who have put their trust in you according to the working of your mighty power. Father, may we not leave this place the same. We pray, Lord, for a change. We pray, Lord, that you transform us in the name of Jesus. We ask, God, that you transform our ears to spiritual ears that hear spiritual words. Let our hearts be like fertile ground. The ground that receives your word and it brings forth fruit. We pray, Lord, that our lives will change as we have come. Spirit of God, I avail myself as a vessel. Speak through me, O Lord, and transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. In the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Well, tonight I want to share with you a very simple message. I want to share with you what it means to walk in love. What it means to walk in love. Hallelujah. How many of you want to know what it means to walk in love? Amen. I believe whenever we begin to talk about walking in love, or we begin to talk about the love that is in you, I think the first thing that we think about is loving other people. Isn't that so? We think of loving our spouses, Loving our friends, loving our sisters, loving our brothers, loving our parents, loving your neighbor. That is what the first thing that we think about. Hallelujah. But there is a higher friends, loving our sisters, loving our brothers, loving our parents, loving your neighbor. That is what the first thing that we think about. Hallelujah. But there is a higher kind of love. There is a higher love that we must have. There is a higher love that we must have before we can even begin to love others. Hallelujah. There is another person. Hallelujah. That is loving God. Amen. It is loving God. You cannot love anyone if you do not love God. You cannot have love for another person if you do not have love for God. Hallelujah. You cannot love unless you love God. You cannot even express love unless you love God. But you see, most people make a lot of effort. Most people try, do all things to love others. And they neglect the love for God. Do you see? Most people try to love other people and they neglect the love for God. Hallelujah. And we realize that it doesn't work. It never works when you make effort to love someone without loving God. It will never work. Hallelujah. That is why sometimes you find someone who says, it's my wife's birthday and you bought flowers, 
and you bought a car. First of all, you were the first one that called. Maybe you went to work. You were the first one that called that morning to say happy birthday. And then you score a point. 12.01. Sometimes you stay awake. 12.01. The moment the hour strikes midnight, past midnight, it's her birthday. And then you wish her happy birthday. Do you see? And then you buy a nice card. You buy nice flowers. Nice bouquet. And buy chocolate. What else do you like? Apples. For your birthday. Merci. A card. Beautiful card. With beautiful words. Written by your own. Not someone's words. Your own words. Do you see? And then you bring, you bring all, and you write all the, and buy a gift, a nice gift. Do you see? Not chocolate. But a nice gift. And then you bring it home. Do you see? You bring it home, and you feel very good that you have tried your best to show your love, to express your love. And then you bring it home, and then you see the person is very happy, and the person receives them. With smiles, with kisses, and with hugs. And then you see the person is, you know, as the person is receiving it, the person is waving her fingers around in front of you and dangling her head around in front of you. And you don't see that the nails have been done. And you can see that the hairstyle is different. And you realize that it cancels all the things that you have done. Do you see? And then you even, when you see the way they have, the place where the flower is now, you'll be angry. Just because you didn't notice that the nails, the nails have been done and the hairstyle is also different. And you get frustrated. Do you see? It brings frustration in you. And that is why you hear people saying, I do everything. I do all that I can. I do everything. And this one thing that I didn't do. You see, it's because the love of God is not in it. When you don't love, when you don't have the love of God and you try, you make a lot of effort to love others. It doesn't work. It brings a lot of frustration. Hallelujah. So God wants us to love him first. God wants us to love him first before we can love anyone else. Hallelujah. Because your love for people is born out of your love for God. The love that you have for people, it is born out of your love for God. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 21 First John chapter 4 and verse 21. It says, And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. Hallelujah. If you love God, then you will love your brother also. That means, if you reverse it, it means that he who does not love God, does not love his brother also. Isn't that so? If you love God, then you will love your brother. If you love God, it means you love your brother. brother. If you love God, it means you love your brother. If you do not love God, you cannot love your brother. Hallelujah. And you may do a lot of things to show your brother that you love him, but he does not experience that love that you are trying to express. And a lot of times it brings frustration. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. It is God's love that is shed abroad in our hearts. You cannot have any other love. It is God's love. If someone says, I have love for you, it means that the spirit of God is in that person. Amen. It means that the spirit of God is in that person. Hallelujah. He said, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. If there is love in your heart, it means that you have the love of God in you. Hallelujah. So if I am looking for someone that will love me, I'm looking for someone who has the spirit of God in him. 
or who has the spirit of God in her. Because I know that once you have the love of God, you can easily love me. And if you don't have the love of God, you cannot love me. There's a scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. When we talk about love, we are talking about God. So if you mention love, any circumstances, any condition, anywhere, you are talking about God. So if you do not know God, then you don't have love then what you are talking about, you don't even seem to understand. Or what you are talking about, you don't even know what it is. Because the Bible says, for love, God is love. God is love. It says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. The reason why you do not love is because you don't know God. That is the reason. Hallelujah. That is the reason. You do not love Because you do not know God. If you know God, you will love. If you have God in you, you will love. Isn't that simple? So, if you are looking for someone who loves you, you are not going to look for someone who buys you flowers. You are not going to look for someone who buys you a card or calls you on your birthday and says nice things to you. Or someone who buys you gifts. You will look for someone who knows God. Someone who has God in him. Someone who has the spirit of God in him. And the absence of that, absence of that, you may find things that look like love, but the end of it, it brings a lot of frustration. It brings a lot of frustration. Amen. It brings frustration to the one who is expressing it and to the one who is receiving it. Because I am showing you that I love you and I'm giving you all that I have to show you that I love you, but you are not receiving it. It means that you are not happy. And that makes you frustrated because you are also not receiving love. Amen. Without God, you can't love any person. Hallelujah. John chapter 4. You're reading a lot of scriptures tonight. But I believe you'll be blessed. John chapter 4 and verse, let's read from, okay, verse 13, you know, let's read a little bit before that, so you will, um, okay, so, John chapter 4 and verse, let's read from, let's read from verse 1. It says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though there, you know, let's, I think we are going too far, so. Okay, let's read from that's for, okay, let's continue. It says, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. See, Jesus was even tired doing the work of God. He says he was wearied of his journey. You small tiredness and you are complaining. Oh, I went to work and I couldn't come because I was tired. Hallelujah. He says Jesus was wearied of his journey. 
He was weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jewish, asked drink, asked drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Hallelujah. You know, there are certain women also, when you ask them anything, even a little favor, they think you like them. Do you see? You ask them, give me this, do this for me. Oh, you, you, any comment you make, they put in their head that you like me. Why are you asking me for drink? You know, why are you asking me? You, you ask for anything, it's automatically in their head that, oh, I think he likes me. Hallelujah. He says, how is it that thou being a Jew, asset drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have given me, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Do you see? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Hallelujah. You see, the woman, she was receiving a lot of prophetic sayings, but she didn't really even understand. Do you understand? But sometimes, you see, when our needs are there, you know, this woman, she has a need for a fine man. Do you see? So prophetic sayings and spiritual things are coming. You know, she's not even focusing on that. Do you see? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. He says, Whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Before he said, what, whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. Hallelujah. He says, whosoever shall drink of this water shall test again. Amen. When you don't have the love of God, when you don't have the love of God in you, you find yourself trying and trying to love others, but it doesn't work. You find yourself that the elements of cheating, the elements of lying, the elements of betrayal, it quenches that love that you seem to mount up to love another one. Hallelujah. So you see, that is where Jesus was heading towards, but she was not getting it. He says, you see, he says, whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, if you drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall never test. But that water shall be in you. He said, that water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Amen. So the woman said unto him, Sir, Give me this water that I test not, neither come, neither to draw. I tell you, the woman, she was receiving prophetic things, but her needs. He said, give me this water that I test not, that I neither come, neither to draw again. So Jesus said, let me break it down to you. He says, go call thy husband and come hither. He said, go and call your husband and come. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. 
Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. You have tried. You have made a lot of effort. You get this one and you do everything. Cooking, nice soup, stew, assorted ones, salad, different ones. You have tried and that one left. You try this one also, made every effort. You say that you give all of your, yourself to the person. You know, you do everything that you can. Your body, is, you don't withhold anything from the person. But it did not work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? He said that you have had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. He said, the one that you have even right now is not your husband. And that you have said that truly. You have tried many, many times. You tried the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one. And the one that you are working on, the one that right now you are working on, giving him all your all, cooking for him, cleaning for him, doing all things that you are working to see if this one will work, that one is not your husband. And he will not be your husband. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you see, the offenses, it quenches that what you seem to have as love. Not recognizing that he brought you flowers and he, he didn't recognize the nails. That quenches the love that you seem to have for him. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? But Jesus said, when you have this love of God in you, when my love is in you, when I give you of my love and you have my love in you, though the offense comes and it seems to quench it, but that love that is in you, it becomes like a fountain. It springs forth again and it bubbles up into life again and you are able to love again when you have that love of God in you. Hallelujah. So he said, you will try different husbands. You will try to love this one. You will try to love that one. But because you don't have that love of God in you, you don't seem to be able to keep any. And you have gone through different men. Five men. Five men. Because the love of God is not in you. The fountain of God is not. The fountain of love is not in you. The fountain of love is that which the offense quenches it, but it bubbles up again. The fountain of love is that which the betrayer seems to quench it, but it bubbles up again. Because that fountain of love is in you. Amen. And when that fountain of love is in you, you need not that you go through five husbands. You could have just kept one. But the fountain of love is not in you. Hallelujah. That is why small offense, as not even recognizing that your hair has been done, it quenches the love. It breaks the love. And you are ready to pack and go. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and let's look at verse 3. You see, I'm reading from the um, Common English Bible. It says, if I give away everything that I have and hand over my own body to feel good about what I have done, do you see, I did all that I can buy flowers. I bought a cake. I bought a beautiful car. I did all that I can and I felt good that as I'm coming home, tonight is the night. Tonight I am showing my love. Tonight we're going to have a powerful night. And then you came home and small thing as nails that I've done and you didn't recognize it. He says, if I give away everything that I have, and hand over my own body to feel good about what I have done. But I don't have love. I don't have God. I don't have this love. I receive no benefit whatsoever. It's not even recognized. 
It's not even acknowledged. But when you have this love, it says, this love, this love, when it's there, it says it is patient. This love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. You see, this kind of love isn't arrogant. You see, it is when the love of God is not in you that you feel so arrogant that when you speak, I can also speak. That we have all gone to the university. It is when you don't have that love of God in you, when you don't have it in you, and all yet you are doing is that we know nice things. We know to do nice things. We are all educated, and we are all romantic, and we know to do nice things. It doesn't work. Because the love of God is not in you. Hallelujah. Is it, it isn't rude. There are some people who are very rude. And it's because the love of God is not in you. Amen. Your rudeness is a sign that you don't have God in you. It's not because you are highly educated. That is not what, it means that you don't have God in you. Hallelujah. It says it doesn't seek its own advantage. If you have done this, me too, I have to have this. If you have this, I also have to have that. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. And it doesn't keep a record of complaints. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. Last year, that's the same thing that you did. You bought the cake and you bought birthday, but you forgot the chocolate. The same thing last year, you bought this, you bought flowers, but you forgot the car. Every year, you seem to forget something. You see, that love of God, when it's in you, it doesn't keep record of complaints. It never refers to, you did this, and you did that, and you did that. You have a folder full of complaints. But when the love of God is in you, that fountain, it quenches that folder. Hallelujah. It quenches that folder. Amen. So he says, he says, love puts up with all things. It trusts in all things. Hopes for all things. Endures all things. You see, love can make you do all these things. But he says, love never fails. As for prophecies, they will be brought to an end. As for tongues, they will always stop. As for knowledge, it will be brought to an end. He says, love, he says, love puts up with all things. Love puts up, he says, trust in all things, hopes for all things, and endures all things. And verse 13, verse 13, he says, now, now, faith, hope, and love remain. These three things remain, but the greatest of all is love. The greatest of all is love. You may have faith, you may have faith in a person. You may have faith in a person that, looking at this person, I think that he can be a good person to marry. Looking at this person, I think he can be a good person to trust, to pour out my love into. I think this person, and then you have hope that this relationship can last. But what is going to make it last? He says the greatest of all is when the person has God in him. When the person has God in him. When that person has God in him, that is what works. Hallelujah. It is that which works. Amen. That's the greatest of all. He says, it is love. It is God in you. Amen. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. We are preaching, we're reading some few scriptures and then we will go home. I believe you'll be blessed. Luke chapter 10. And verse 38. Are you there? Wonderful. I am too. Amen. It says, while Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. He, she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. 
You see, the, the scripture says, Jesus entered into a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. So who invited Jesus as a guest? It was Martha. Martha welcomed Jesus as a guest. And Martha happened to have a sister called Mary. Now this Mary, when she saw Jesus, she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. Wanting to know more about him. Was interested in what Jesus was saying. Was interested in knowing more. Was interested in hearing more. The scripture says, verse 40, by contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. So Martha came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. You see, sometimes we do so many things for the Lord. So many things, preparing so many things for the Lord. And he's looking at all that you are doing and he's telling you that all that you are doing, yes, they are necessary. They are okay. They are important. But loving me and wanting to hear me and listening to me and making effort to know me is the most important thing. And I will explain to you. He says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. Do you see? So, what was she expecting? What she was expecting was that Jesus would say, Mary, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Get up and go and help your sister. Since I came, you have been sitting here and look at your sister running around doing things and going back and forth. And can't you see that she's even tired? Can you just get up and just give a hand, go and help her? At least, even if you can't cook, just go and cut onions for her. Isn't that what she was expecting? Yeah. So she was expecting that Jesus will ask her sister to come and help her. But Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. Distraction. You are worried and distracted by many things. Sometimes we get distracted by a lot of things. And it makes us feel good. It makes us feel we are doing a lot. But we are distracted from the most important things. You know, when I was, um, when I was in another branch before I came here, there was someone who was doing something in the church. And he would do the things he would do. And then when we are finished with praise and worship and this and that, and we are about to receive the word of God, he goes to stand outside. Because he's tired. You know, he feels that I have done my, my share of the work. I have, and I'm sweaty. You know, I, 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 I think, you know, God is pleased with me. And then he goes to stand outside to cool himself. As the preaching is about, as the word of God, as the message of the Lord is coming. So Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the better part, and it won't be taken away from her. He says, one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen that one thing, and it will not be taken away from her. Beloved, certain things may be taken away from you. Certain things like, oh, now you are not singing anymore. We want you to sit at the back and project. Now you are not playing the drums anymore. We want you to just sit down. Certain things will be taken away from you. Now we don't want you to do this anymore. You are not the one that is leading this anymore. We want this one to lead it. But one thing that cannot be taken away from you is the love of God that is in you. We can change you. We can transform you. We can put you in another ministry. We can change whatever you are doing. But what we can take from you is that love, is that God that is in you. So no matter where you go, 
go, no matter what you are doing, no matter what they have given you now, if they have asked you to sit down, if they have asked you to clap, they say now, all you come is just do and come and clap. Don't play instruments anymore. Come and clap. If that is all they want you to do, do it. Because one thing that they can't take from you, if you have the love of God in you, nobody can take that from you. Nobody can take that from you. This, and your sister, she has chosen that thing. And no one can take that from her. What is being deposited in her, no one can take that from her. What she is receiving, no one can take that from her. It is the love of God. When she receives that, no matter where you put her, no matter where you place her, no matter what department you ask her to do, she still has love of God. And that one, nobody, it doesn't matter where you put her, it doesn't matter what ministry that you take away from her, that love of God that is in her, you can take away. You can take away. You can take away. But it is when we don't have the love of God, when there's no God in us, the real love of God, when it's not in us, and he says, why have you taken my ministry? Why have you changed me? Why have you put me here? I was doing this. Why have you taken? And I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do work. I, I cannot even belong to this church anymore. Because the love of God is not in you. And so when that thing is taken away from you, you don't have anything else. But when you have the love of God in you, no matter what, you still will love God. And no matter what area they place you, you will find yourself shining because that anointing will still be in you. That love will still be in you. And so they say, now all you are doing is just don't come and sing. Just come and clap. You'll be clapping and people will fall down. You'll be clapping and someone says, I came to this church and the way that sister was clapping, I felt like just joining the church. You are not singing. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? When the love of God is in you, it is so easy to serve others. He says that Mary had chosen that thing. When she has this, serving me next time I come here, it will be very easy for her. When the love of God is in you, it is easy to serve people who are below you. It is easy to clean after people who who make a mess and you are older than all of them. When the love of God is in you, it becomes so easy. He says, Jesus said, what is actually needful is making the effort to know the love of God. To sit and hear my message. He says, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen the better part. Mary has chosen the better part. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to someone tonight? Because once you are able to love God, once you are able to love God, serving him becomes very easy. Serving God becomes very easy. You don't get offended if someone is not helping so yes, Martha invited, you see sometimes somebody invites you to church and then you seem to, you seem to grow spiritually even further than that person. It's because that person, maybe the person has been in a church for a long time but the real love of God is not in the person. And that is why you will find oftentimes that, you see, people tell you, you just join the church, slow down, slow down. You are doing, you are moving too fast. Slow down. You just joined the church. You just came. You know how long we've been here? Slow down. The way you are talking, you are, you are talking as, slow down, slow down. It's because the love of God is in you. So service becomes easy. You are serving and they are complaining. You don't even care. But when the love of God is not in you, you look at this one. Why am I cutting onions and she's sitting down? Why am I doing this? Me alone. I am the one that carries the chest. I am the one that is doing this. I am the one that does this. But this one is always sitting down. Why can they not help? It's because that love of God is not in you. It's not in you. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody tonight? Yes. Because that love of God is not in you. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, 
and verse 28. Mark chapter 12. Amen. I tell you, when you don't have the love of God, you cannot love another person. If you don't love God, you cannot love another person. You can't serve someone. You see that small thing and you don't want to serve the person. Difference in age, you can't serve the person. Difference in degrees, you can't serve the person. Because the love of God is not in you. That he is a male and I am a female, you can't serve the person. When the love of God is not in you. Amen. And so God wants us to love him first. Because when we love God, we can love anyone. When we love God. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. It says, one of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Which commandment? We've received all these commandments. Which one is the most important of all? Because he saw that, he said that he heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. So he was expecting the best answer to come from Jesus. Jesus replied, the most important one, Israel, he says the most important one is Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Do you see? He says, the first, he says, the, the most important one, the most important one, the number one of all the commandments is, listen, O Israel, our Lord, our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Listen very carefully. He says, the second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. If you have this first one, the second, you will do it. If you have that first one, he says, the second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. The second is, you will love your neighbor. You, make, you will not make any effort. Hallelujah. He said, the second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these two. Amen. He said, once you are able to love God, you will love your neighbor. Once you have the ability of loving God, you will love your neighbor. In other words, if you have the first one, the second one is second nature. It becomes a second nature. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It becomes something that you just do automatically. Second nature means a process or action that has been practiced over time so that it becomes natural or it becomes habitual. It becomes so easy to love another person. When you have the love of God in you, you don't make effort to love another person. When you have true love of God, when you really love God, I am telling you, you will not make effort to love another person. You will love the person automatically. When you have the love of God in you, it will not be difficult to love another person. Amen. It becomes like deeply ingrained skill, deeply ingrained habit that it comes with spontaneity. That's the way. Hallelujah. It just comes. And that is why you find there are some people that people are attracted to. You know, people aggregate, aggregate towards that person. And then they say, there's something about you. Anywhere you go, you see that people just come towards you. People come gravitate towards you. Because there is that fountain of love that is in you. The fountain of love is in you. And it's attractive. A lot of people who have had um, near-death experiences and they have experienced the heavenly, you know, 
in dreams or in other visions and or really they have died and then they have gone to heaven and come back again one of the things that they all express is that you feel love love is like it's tangible it's like it's like exceptionally you feel love because god is love when god is in you you are lovable when god is in you we are we are happy to be around you when you see whenever we see you and we are Going somewhere, it means that the love of God is not in you. Amen. When the love of God is in you. Hallelujah. So he says, these, are, these two, the greatest commandments. And he says, verse 30, he says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being and with all your mind and with all your strength. Does it mean that spare some for your husband? Spare some for your children? Spare some of the love for your boss? For your job? Spare some of the love for your mother? And for your father? Is it, so then, where would you find the rest? He says, love, love God with all your heart. So if I'm going to love God with all my heart, what is the part that I'm going to give? So somebody comes to you and says, I love you with all my heart. That is not true. Because you can't love a person with all your heart. You can only love God with all your heart. Hallelujah. You cannot love a human being with all your mind and with all your strength. That all that I'm doing, I am doing all my strength is for you. I get tired for you. I do everything. If I am tired, it's all because of you. And so it shows that I love you. That is not love. You can't love a human being like that. That is a lie. Amen. But God is saying that make every effort, make every effort to love me with all your heart. Make every effort to love me with all your being. Make every effort to love me with all your mind. If there's anything on your mind at any time, let it not be meditating on your husband or your wife. Just meditate on God. Just let your mind be meditating on God. Let your heart gravitate towards God. Your strength, your effort, you're doing everything to serve God, to know him, to hear his word, and to do his work. Make every effort, all of your strength. If you are tired, let it be for God. Now, when you are able to do that, the rest of them, you will love them automatically. They come as second nature. They come as second nature. They will feel that you love them. You are not doing anything to them. You are not buying flowers. You are not buying cake. You are not looking at nails. But they feel that there is special love from you towards them. Because then you see that God is in you. And you feel that there's God in you. Hallelujah. So don't let people deceive you. I'm killing myself for you. You can't kill yourself for a human being. I'll give you all my heart and I'll live on battery. You cannot do that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your mind. Love God with all your strength. Love God with everything that you have. Hallelujah. Let all that you are. He says, love the Lord your God with all your being. With all your being, all of your being, let it love God. Let it love God. And you'll see that the people will feel your love. They will feel that you, you see, and that is why a lot of times you see that you find that your, your, your family members, your, your friends, and your, your mothers, your parents, they are complaining. You say, oh, you go to church too much. Oh, you do this too much. Ah, you are giving all your money to the church. Everything is the church, 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 church. But you see, you realize that amongst all of them, you seem to be the one that is attracted with love. It seems to be that you are the only one that they feel confident in. You are the only one that they can trust. 
You are the only one that they can come to. You are the only one that seems to be the center that brings all of them together. You are the only one. What they don't understand is that you are making every effort to love God. And as a result of that, that is why you are able to love them. Hallelujah. That is why they feel love. That is why they feel that you love them. That is why they talk about your love. That is why they talk about that uniqueness about you. But you see, they complain. They don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand that you're so, so unique. There's something peculiar about you that when you are around, everything seems to be put together around us. When you are around, the family seems to be okay. You know, we seem to understand. We seem to agree. And they feel that there's an attraction, attraction that comes. Hallelujah. They don't understand that. They don't understand that your ability to put up with their cantankerous nature, their ability to put up with their lies, with their betrayal, with their disappointments, your ability to put up with all of that is because there is a fountain of love that is in you that never be quenched, that can never be quenched by their betrayer. They seem never to get along among themselves, but for you, all of them get along with you because that fountain of love is in you. That fountain of love is in you. That is why God says, make every effort. You just make the effort of loving me. Let all your being be tied. They say, you go to church too much. Come. Tuesday, you are there. Wednesday, you are Friday, you are also there. They are praying, you are there. He said, you give too much money to the church. You are loving God with all that you have. Love him. And they don't understand that it is all that you are doing, all of this effort of loving God, that is what seems to make you able to love them also. Amen. That is what makes them seem to be able to love you also. You are able to put up with them. It is your love for God. That has kept that relationship going. It is the love of God. Some of you, if it wasn't the love of God in you, you would not be in certain relationships right now. You, the certain relationship, you would have walked away already. If it wasn't for the love of God in you. But that seemed to be a fountain, a fountain of love. A fountain of love. As you are mounting up, there are lies and there are disappointment. It quenches it, but that fountain bubbles up again. And you are able to go on again. And it seems to be able to love them again. It is that love of God that is in you. It is that love of God that is in you. They try to quench it with their lies. They try to quench it with their disappointments and their betrayals, but it bubbles up again. Hallelujah. I tell you, some of you, if it wasn't for the love of God, you will not be talking to certain people right now. If it wasn't for the love of God in you, certain people, you would, have, you would not be talking to them right now. Amen. You will not be talking to them. Certain people, you will never cross paths with them. But you see, that fountain does not allow that. That fountain does not allow. It cannot quench. He says, it will be in you. He says, the water that I will give you, it will be in you a spring of wealth that springeth forth into everlasting life. When I give you that love, you may try different husbands. They will not work. But when I give you that love, when you drink of my love, when that love is in you, it bubbles up. Yes. He slept with that woman, he lied about it, and he came. But that love bubbles up. And he said, I forgive you. He said, that love is not jealous. It is forgiving. That kind of love. It suffers long. That kind of love. If it's not the love of God, some of you, you will not even make up your mind of marrying again. You will not make up your mind of having a relationship again. But that love, it bubbles up again. That love in you, it bubbles up again. For the disappointment that you went through, you don't even want to see a man again. But that love, it bubbles up again. It is called the love of God in you. It says, make every effort. Love me with all your mind. You just love me. They are complaining you are doing too much. Just go on. Just love me. Just serve me. Just search me. He says, Mary, she has chosen that needful thing. He says, one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that thing. Hallelujah. I want us to pause here, you know, because I've made promises to myself this year, the rest of them. Let us pause here, and then we will continue the next time we meet. Put your hands together for the Lord. Stand onto your feet. Stand onto your feet.
stand on your feet. It is the love of God. It is the love of God. It's the love of God that seeketh not his own. Yes, you have it. So I should have it also. You have done this, so I will do this to you also. That love of God, it does not allow that. He says it will be in you like a spring of well. It will be in you like a well that springeth forth into everlasting life. Yes, it can never be quenched. It can never be quenched. By disappointment, it can never be quenched. By lies, it can never be quenched. It can never be quenched. It is that love of God. It is that love of God. Oh, yes. It is that love of God. We will make every effort to love you. He said, make every effort into loving God. Make every effort. Do all that you can. He says, let your love be. Love for me. Be about your own being. Your whole being. Love me with all of your being. Love me with all of your might. Love me with all of your mind. Love me with all my strength. Love me. Love me. Love me. Yes. Let the love of God flow in your heart. Let the love of God be abundant in your heart. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The offenses, the fountain will quench it. Oh, yes. It will spring forth again. It will spring forth again. You will love again. You will love again. You will love again. You will love again. Because the fountain of love is in you. The fountain of love is in you. Yes, some of you have been offended. You have been offended by many situations. You have been hurt by many situations. You have encountered wicked people. But you can love again. Because the fountain of love is in you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But we are always thirsty. But he said, when this love comes in, oh yes, yes, oh yes, and I will worship you with all of my mind, and I will worship you with all of. Worship you with 
will worship you. We worship you. Yes. We will love you with all that we are. Because when we love you, it is a second nature to love others. Father, we are thankful this evening. We thank you, Lord, for restoring us once again. Father, some of us have been hurt in many situations. We have been offended in many conditions. Father, some of us have encountered wicked men and wicked women. We have encountered wicked people. And Lord, we come to a place where we feel that the love in us is quenched. It is quenched by betrayal. We feel that it is quenched by lies. We feel it's quenched by cheating and disappointments. Father, we have given all of our all and we thought we were loving the people. But Father, we realize that your betrayal seemed to have quenched all that we had. But tonight, oh God, You said the fountain of love is in us. You said the fountain of love is in us. And it bubbles up again. It springs forth again. It brings that love again. It seems not be able to be quenched by offenses. It cannot be quenched by betrayal. It cannot be quenched by the behavior of wicked men and wicked women. Oh Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that that spring is in us. That well is in us. And it's springing forth. Tonight, let the love of God spring forth in our heart. Let the love of God spring forth in our heart. He says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Oh, yes. Father, we thank you for restoring us. We thank you, Lord, that we can love again. We thank you, Lord, that we can pick ourselves again. That we can trust again. Oh, yes. We can receive again. We can confide in people again. Because the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts. It is bubbling up. It has been restored in us. Yes. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Yes. Restore, restore, restore. Restore, restore, restore. Restore, 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 restore. Let a fountain bubble, let a fountain bubble. Yes, allow it, allow it. Yield to the spirit, yield to the spirit, yield to the spirit. Yield, 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 yield. Situations have quenched it, but yield to the spirit. He said, The fountain of love is in you. He says, if anyone tests, let him come and drink. Oh, yes, Jesus. Disappointments. Offenses. Oh, yes. But we are restored tonight. Because the fountain of love, it cannot be quenched by offenses. The fountain of love cannot be quenched by disappointments. We are thankful, Jesus. We are grateful. We thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. If that is you, you say, I want to receive this love in me. I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. If that is you, do not live here without receiving Christ. If that is you, lift up your right hand wherever you are. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join and let's say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. But, tonight, but tonight, I bring all my sins before you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Tonight, 
I welcome you into my heart. Lord Jesus, be my master, be my savior, be my Lord. From tonight, I will serve you. I will follow you. I will listen to you. I will make all efforts to love you. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you are here tonight, you have been let down. Betrayals, disappointments, certain conditions, offenses. You feel that it's very difficult even to trust. It's very difficult to love again. If you are here like that. You feel that it's very difficult. If you are like that. The Lord is saying to you, you can love again. The Lord is saying to you, you can love again. The Lord is saying to you, the fountain in you is not quenched. The fountain of love is in you. He's saying, just make every effort into loving me. And you'll find it becoming a second nature to love others. Even people who have wronged you, people who have lied to you, people who have disappointed you, you'll find it so easy to love them again. He says, when that love is in you, he says, while we were yet sinners, while they were still sinning, while they were still offending him, that love, it was able to come unto them. Lift up your hand and let the Lord restore you. Father, restore. Let the fountain of love bubble again. Let the fountain of love spring forth again. Give us the ability to love again. Father, help us to love you first with all of our efforts, with all of our being, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, and with all that we are. Father, let it come into loving you. And it will be able to enable us to love others. We thank you for the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you shout aloud, amen to the Lord. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.